Hi, I'm Greg Evaziak. And I'm Luke Phillips. And this is the Semi Crazy Podcast. The podcast by truckers, for truckers. Okay, now we're recording. First podcast of 2021. Yeah, there we go. We First podcast in months. Our shit in a pile. <laughs> I just found that folder we were talking about a minute ago. Ah, truck pictures. Yeah, there's like, I don't know, 100 in there. Printed off. That I just got to put them up. Nice. Yeah. Not too shabby. So there's a lot do. There's lots of news in Greg's world for because we've been MIA for so long. Yeah, so so long. How long has uh, it been? So, someone told me September. Somebody told me October. And being that I run the podcast, I should probably know, but <laughs> it's it's been a while. So yeah, anyways, happy 2021. That's we can blame it on 2020. We can blame it on COVID. Uh blame it on fucking trucking. You could do that, but yeah. I'm I'm trying to keep a positive outlook on trucking. So well, I might not be the guy to talk to then this week. <laughs> One of them weeks. Oh, it's not bad now that we got a plan. It's just that getting a plan together, right? Oh, yeah. Then this time of year sucks for doing anything, really. It It is. It's everybody's people are on holidays and yeah, you never know who's going to be open when and all that shit. It's not uh, it's not the easiest. Yeah, like I think I only got two full weeks in this this month. Oh, really? Yeah, with yeah. Christmas and just stuff. Blew up a rad a little earlier than I anticipated. So that happened. Yeah. Well, you usually don't anticipate blowing up rads, do you? Well, no, not really. But when it's, <laughs> it, it was seeping for like two weeks, I thought I could get away with it. And sure enough, three days before I would have my shop appointment, my fan started and all of a sudden I had coolant on my windshield and figured it had to be coming from somewhere. So. It usually does. It doesn't just appear. I mean, unless you uh, were had some really funky shit in your coffee in the morning or something. But uh... that's right. I had uh, a leak on one truck that I couldn't find, and it was, yeah, it was coolant, and it was just would have a puddle on the ground every morning. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. And uh, yeah, it turned out there was a coolant jug behind the winch, just sitting in there from the last guy that ran the truck. And it just had a little pinhole with drip, drip, drip. That's a that is a good one. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was uh, a very... three or four days of head scratching. What in the fuck? <laughs> well, I wish I could find the like the uh, little uh, gremlin that's stealing the coolant out of my truck. It's, em- it's the it's... emblem on the hood. Oh. Ouch. We're going to start that this early this year? Boom. Get right out of the way. There we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, so 2020, I mean, I got uh, 214,000 kilometers on it and really never a major issue in the shop other than all my little tiny. I wouldn't call that. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't call that truck a lemon because it's, I mean, it's kept going, kept going. But it's just little, little things, eh? It's been all yeah. year. You're not going to the shop for check engine lights. You're going to the shop for wheel seals and just little stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, just uh, and and so it's like it's not like that. I I don't think it's that the truck was put together on a Friday. I think that the components were put together on a Friday, <laughs> or or you know that was like, well, what's this pile of stuff over here? Here's some Michelin tires that might be seconds, factory seconds. Let's put them on there and um, let's you know. I don't know if those springs or whatever match, so we'll put those in the back end, and maybe that's what my ride problem is. And yeah, I don't know, just little stuff. But the ride thing is just uh, crazy. So um, having, I guess, like you say, big changes. I I change companies yet again, which might not surprise anyone who knows me uh, very well, because I mean, it was never ever home, which is a lot of the reason we haven't been podcasting. 
Um, it was, you know, it, it really difficult to try podcasts from the truck stop in, you know, uh, Missouri or, you know, anywhere like that. It just doesn't fucking work. Right. So, uh, yeah, I started a job that I actually stay closer to home and in switching trailers and stuff. I mean, I still have the ride problem, which is intermittent. And it's really freaking weird because I put, I put a load on, uh, the one day. Well, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but maybe, uh, we should fill everybody in on what the ride problem is here. I don't know if we've talked about that on air or not. Oh yeah, I guess so. I guess I've always alluded to it, but I've never ever said anything about it. So when it, about at about 50,000 clicks, my truck started this thing where it would go, I'd be driving along and my front axle would go over a, a ripple in the road. And then the front drive axle would go over it. You'd feel those just a little bit. And then the back axle hits it and it is like driving an old truck on springs even loaded kicks you in the ass right and so i played with ride height because everybody said well it's your ride height you're obviously you're something is stretched out there so i played with that and thought i got it better and then it came back so then i made sure it was adjusted came back uh then the leveling valve blew so i thought eh, must have been the leveling valve right must have been a problem in there no not the leveling valve it came back um and then I thought maybe it was the trailer I was pulling because, you know, step decks can have a funny ride to them, uh, depending on how you load them and everything else. But I, it didn't seem to matter. I'd have the problem sometimes heavy, sometimes light. Uh, yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And then I had it steady for like, what, probably three months? Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, where it was just there all the time. Then... I switched jobs, switched trailers. Uh, so now I'm pulling a set of step deck supers. And with those, uh, the first load I threw on and it was good. Like it just, it seemed to miraculously disappear. The truck rode like it rode great. Uh, and then I was empty and it was good. I threw a load of steel on. I drove halfway back to Edmonton and all of a sudden, not even all of a sudden, I went to bed got up in the morning, fired the truck up, and I was on rubber blocks again. And then five days later, uh, in the middle of the same load, went in, grabbed a coffee at Davidson, came back out, jumped in the truck, pulled out onto the highway, riding like a dream again. See, and that doesn't so. make sense, because anybody that knows pulling into Davidson, it's like driving on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm starting to think, I thought it was maybe something binding, which still could be. And the only thing that could, that I could think of that would bind up to hold that back axle from traveling would maybe be in the, the slip joint on the, on the intermediate shaft. I don't, I, I, can't, I can't think of any other way it would bind because it would have to bind both sides. Right. And then track bar bushing maybe or something. Yeah. But... I don't know. It just doesn't, it just, it just boggles mine. But anyways, the other, the other thing I thought was, um, I went back to years ago, I had a, uh, log trailer and you would load it up and you're watching the scales and the scales were electric over air on the trailer. And so you'd be loading and think, well, it should be loaded now, but yeah, throw another thousand on. Yeah. Throw another thousand on. Okay. Well, I guess I'm, I'm going to go with that. I mean, it's not moving and, uh, then you drive and I'd get, I'd get out to the, the wrapper check and all of a sudden I look back and boom, my gauge is way up. And so is my, uh, so is my weight. All of a sudden I'm on my scales. I'm like three ton heavy, like the, the four, four extra ton that I asked for <laughs> three of them are too much. Yeah, that's right. And, and so we and we had a hard time cause it was just intermittent when, when go, when anyways, then, uh, about. Two months later, we just went through and took all the airlines apart, and there was a tiny little piece of wood in there hmm. in one of the small airlines. And so what it would do is it would go and it would block the supply and wouldn't allow your airline or wouldn't um wouldn't just wouldn't allow any more air to go in there. So you put more on, put more on, and it wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere. 
and then somehow some way it would work its way out of the line into a different spot where it would allow it to pass and then your air would go back up to normal and you'd be overweight that's just funky but so then i i don't know yeah so it's riding your truck's riding fine again now or uh, um well i'm not driving it so it rides great right now well fair enough <laughs> no fair it was enough. uh it was good on uh the 28th and decent on the 29th or sorry went out on the 29th so 29th and 30th it was good and coming home on the 31st it sucked weird and only half the trip on the 31st which this time it was weird because i pulled into davidson and when i left davidson was when it started riding like crap so that that makes more sense in my mind that makes more sense (laughs) um hmm yeah it is weird what's the dealer say about it uh they, yeah, they want to try a different extra leveling valve or something, and they've got ideas, but over the holidays, I wasn't able to get it in, so we'll just have to get it in at some point here sometime soon. I'll have five days off at the end of the month, so I think it'll go in then, and we'll see what they say. Oh, there you go. That'll work out then. Yeah. Or at least you can hope. Yeah. As of right now, at least it's it's hauling and I'm making money. So, yeah, good enough then. Yeah, I I haven't been I don't know par for the course really with running an old truck. I haven't had major stuff, but just little stuff going on. Nothing that really takes yeah. away other than that rad, right? That sucks. But yeah, I remember the phone call about the geyser of the mm, yes of the cooler. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. Just it's the worst. Like when it's the start of your week. It's a short week, right? I had three days. Real mm-hmm. easy three days. And uh, loaded up in Fort Saskatchewan and got to Mundare. And uh, that's when I noticed my I kicked my engine fan on to keep it cool. And I got some spray onto my windshield, so I pulled over and let the dog out. And uh, left the engine fan on. Come back 10, 15 minutes later, I figured it should be cool enough. It'll stop leaking. But there's, uh, I don't know, two, three liters on the ground, right? And then as soon as I got out onto the four lane there, it just started spraying again. So ran the fan all day out to Battleford, unloaded, came back, got her into the shop. Got that one rebuilt, and uh, I was going to get that one rebuilt, but I decided to go to that four core like you and I talked about on the phone there that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's only a hundred dollars extra. Might as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time when you got it out, even if it's a couple hundred bucks, it's. Uh, I mean, you you upped your cooling capacity by how much, really, right? I mean, the truck will run cooler, nicer in the summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it should be good. And then, uh, yeah, cat stuff. Had to do a pre-cooler while we were found that was leaking. So you know. Just trucking. Little bits here and there. Yeah, that's How's, right. Um, so, I, being that I've never hauled grain, what is, is there a big, big difference hauling in the winter as far as loading, unloading, that kind of stuff? Things run slower, faster? Slower. I mean, obviously. So much slower. <laughs> um, well, it usually goes one of two ways, right? Like, either the farmer knows you're coming and he's got his auger warmed up and all that stuff. Or and everything goes good, or you show up and the yard's not plowed, and the auger's not even set up right, and then that turns into a cluster pretty quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, do a lot of bag load, like loading out of bags and fields in the winter time. Oh okay, but thankfully I haul in Saskatchewan, so uh, it's not that bad. The wind does most of the snow removal for them. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right then. Yeah, I I don't know. There's everything, I don't know, everything slows down in winter, right? I, I thought that, originally thought that it would probably be best to be running down to the States at this time of the year. But then again, the whole being gone part of it, I would rather fight with the cold than 
Um, never seen my own bed. Well, yeah, and there's lots of other stuff that comes with that, right? So, yeah, stuff that forces a guy to change decals is usually, it's like you say, it's just all the little stuff that piles on, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I got no, I don't hold any ill will towards towards where I was working. It was, like I said, it was a good job. It just uh, wasn't for me, so. Yeah, yeah good for a single guy that doesn't care, you know? Like, that would, yeah. back when, before I got all married up and stuff, that would have been a really attractive gig because paid to travel, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did a lot of interesting things. And like I said, uh, a lot of Yukon and Alaska and the States. And yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. This is definitely uh, not as interesting, but it's steady. And ultimately when it comes right down to it, I mean, that's, if you can, if you can kind of maintain the same income month over month and you got the same time off month over month, it's a lot easier to, uh, to forecast and even plan things with your family and friends and podcasts. And <laughs> yeah, like I, I would say I, what I do is pretty boring really uh, in the grand scheme of things, but, um, uh, it is really nice to have that structure. Like I've never, this is the first job I've had where I have that and we're just going on a year now and it, it, it changes a lot. It does. It changes your, your kind of your outlook on it. Right. Cause I, I know, I think in years past, like I would have changed almost for more excitement or, you know, other, you know, something more of a challenge or. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, once you've kind of ran back and forth. I had a friend call me the other day about uh, he was thinking about buying a log truck. And I mean, probably, you know, given the current climate, probably the worst year you could think of for buying one, at least in Alberta. Um, I know a lot of the mills have a ton of wood in the yard and they're just like, I mean, there's talk if some places are only going to be single shift. And anyways, long story short, I, I just kind of went over the reasons I didn't do it anymore. And, and that's one of them was consistency. Like, when April comes, you and I are still going back and forth. Uh, whereas, you know, oil patch logging, well, you, you, you made hay all winter long. You better hope that you put some away because there's zero guarantee for April, May, and even into the summer, really. Well, and it's, that's how that whole lifestyle is, right? It comes back to like what we were just talking about with the schedule. Uh, when you're doing oil field and stuff, it's, uh, when you're at home and you're going to work, you know, you don't want to leave anything undone because you don't know the next time you'll be back. And then the same thing goes for when you're working, you don't want to take days off to do something because you don't know when you'll have work again. Right. Yeah. And it always know, seems exactly. like, like the years that you think you have it figured out and you just, and you do make plans around your previous years, you know, work, yeah, it never works that way. I remember one one spring breakup, I planned a a vacation with an ex, and uh, I didn't have a single fucking day off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were flat out from well, yeah, we fired up like January fourth or third or something like that, and uh, worked right till middle of August, pretty much. So like, you're not gonna take time off from that because I then I sat from August until january again right so yeah no i did i had had like two winters in a row this is like back in the oh late 90s early 2000s had two winters in a row where it was like clockwork like just about right around my birthday like you know right in march so march 20th is my birthday the one year we were done like right march 20th and the other one was like march 23rd done no more logs hauled uh didn't move until like for me, then I just didn't go until I went back and hauled seedlings in May. And uh, so, yeah, oh, well, I know what I'm going to do. As soon as I'm done, I'm going to go out and uh, head out to BC. And I was going to kind of be a hippie for a while and just kind of <laughs> tour around and hike and, and whatever. And then my brother was working for an outfit or with an outfit or was part of an outfit. Anyways, um and they, all their guys wanted to go for breakup and they still had wood to move and they still had everything off highway. And 
he says, well, you know, it'll be a couple of weeks or so, whatever, if you want to come run the picker truck. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, just straight nights, not a big deal. Get a few hours in here and there. And on the, the weeks where it doesn't work out, I'll, you know, just take it easy. And then, you know, maybe, maybe I'll get an extra two weeks of revenue in. Then it turned cold. Everybody else is gone. Uh, I've just would haul logs all night, move equipment all day and back and forth. And I worked all of April into just a, like just into the start of May, quit hauling logs and went right to seedlings. And then I went right from seedlings uh, in the fall back to logs again. Never had a break at all. <laughs> well, and um, that's so now looking back on it, do you wish you would have just taken the time off? Uh, well, I was young and I actually had fun. I enjoyed running that picker truck. So, and I don't know. I, I, I mean, probably would have been an interesting experience, but at the same time, it was an interesting experience doing what I was doing. Um, that was where, I don't know. I might've told you the story. I don't know if I told it on here before, but we were, um, one night went out to go move a cat when we were out there and we were up on the uh, 321 road and uh, spun out on the last hill, just mud, right? Like I thought it was frozen enough, but it wasn't. And two sets of chains empty going to get the cat. And so uh, Shane, the guy that's with me, he's uh, <laughs> he was bigger guy, right? And we, uh, so we're like probably three miles, five clicks or so back to his pickup. And then we're, about the same distance to go up to the cat. And so like walk up to get the cat and then walk it back. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe we'll go get the pickup, then drive up, get the cat. And then we can, you know, walk the cat back and drive the pickup back, pull the truck out, reload or load up. And then, so that's kind of the plan, but it's dark, like just black at night, right? On the 321 road. And uh, it just the only thing, like just a bit of the moon behind the clouds, that's all that's there. And the wolves are howling, man, like you wouldn't believe. And we're walking down the road, right? And you can feel that Shane's nervous. And I'm just walking along, whatever, walking through the bush. He goes, he's like, well, geez, Kegger, does, doesn't the wolves howling make you nervous? I said, no. Well, why not? So I only have to outrun you. I said, <laughs> and I like my chances on that. And you're a pretty good sized snack. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's uh, funny how much his pace picked up. I didn't tell him my plan that I was going to kick him in the knee to make sure that I gave myself a little extra time. Yeah, but, you're uh, staying here. Whatever you think is not true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had lots of stuff like that. It was, I don't know. It was interesting. I never had company on those walks. I remember. No. Well, the first year I was trucking, spun out, uh, coming out of the gravel pit out of the river valley. And this is like, well, uh, four between four and eight k this hill is from our laydown and so i drop off oh i was loaded so yeah i pull the hill spin out walk back get the grader and as i'm walking back i decide oh i'll take a shortcut you know i know the area pretty good i grew up there (laughs) and uh i'll just take a shortcut and go through the back of the graveyard the Burtonville graveyard, which in my head didn't click at all, right? It's two in the morning. <laughs> I tromping through, tromping through the woods and then come up on the graveyard and I'm like, oh yeah, right, right. So <laughs> you want to talk about a guy's uh pace picking up. That uh that <laughs> put a jump in my step. Oh, no doubt. Especially if it, like a little bit a little bit of fog rolls in or something. It's like some it's it's straight out of a horror movie. Yeah, that's right. You're, and it's down in the river valley, right? So it's an eerie, echoey place to begin with. <laughs> but then you get yeah, it's you get that internal question once you pull yourself up the hill. Well, do I take this machine back and park it there and walk back, or do I leave it here? Hmm. For I'm somebody else, you chose the ladder. Yeah, they got pickups. <laughs> it was it was like an an hour walk from where I spun out. So and then the, that was a pretty big hill. So it would have been and uphill. Screw that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it, it, uh, it's a, it's an eerie place. It's really, it could be peaceful, but it could be a really eerie place to be in the middle of the night by yourself walking through the bush. Yeah. And luckily I was a pretty like 
growing up in the in the country and stuff and on the farm and my dad always walked the dog you know he'd get home 10 11 o'clock at night and he would go for a two mile walk and with the dog so i went with dad quite a bit doing that and uh just comfortable with it right yeah but there is times where you hear stuff in the bushes and you really hope that it sounds closer than it really is (laughs) i'm just throwing shit around i don't know if you heard that or not oh yeah i heard it yeah real good then yep your mic works quite well um so I don't know. We'll we'll talk about this with our editor. This next part. Mm-hmm. Um, I called a, like a local company, a local Chrome shop, and about a visor. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> I could look up the exact date, but it was before Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and sent them, emailed them pictures and stuff, and I still have not gotten a phone call back. And I'm still, no. still nothing. So it brings me to the question of uh, why don't people work for your business anymore? Am I the only one that notices that? And like in a whole, it's it's very rare to find somebody that will actually try and keep your business. Yeah. It, I, I, you're not the only one. I I seem to find that too. And, and I mean, it's, you know, the shitty part is over the last, six months people have had the or a year people have had the veil of well COVID you know uh, uh, it's this uh, it's it's that but it's it's a lack of it, there's a lack of caring in a lot of especially if, if it's the only the only game in town you know yeah I mean? yeah 100% and this in particular shop um it's i just don't get it yeah i uh i don't quite get it either oh your your headphones are bluetooth i forgot about that and you just got up and walked away i was like all right (laughs) bye yeah no no i had to just make sure that the uh that the door was shut so but yeah it's Um, this particular shop is and i'm not trying to trash talk by any means but it's, I just don't understand why, why people change like that. Cause I've had two tire shops do that too now. And it's, it's just, I, I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Um, like I, I, I there's this kind of almost attitude with some people and it's even, even in sales too, like where they just, you know, they, they work so hard to get your business. And like, I was always taught, like you work hard to get someone's business. You work hard to keep it because it's way easier. Actually, once you've got a relationship with somebody to hang on to that. And so if something, you know, there's the thing where like, if, if something goes sideways, it, it's almost like people get really scarce. Like they're afraid to have that conversation with you because something went wrong on their end. Whereas it would just be a lot better for you if they just said, oh, shit, sorry, Luke. You know what? Um, uh, I know we said it would be in uh, in two weeks, but we're having a problem with our manufacturer or whatever. Then you, well, you this, then you go, oh, at least yeah. you care enough to tell me what's going on. This particular instance, it was, uh, this is what I'm looking for. This is the brand that I'm looking at, the manufacturer, texted them pictures. And they said mm-hmm. they were going to get back to me with price and, you know, all that and we're talking I'm looking at my calendar I'd say at least <laughs> two weeks and not even a call back to like yeah. so have they just forgot about me put zero interest into it right and I'm not the only person that they've done this to either yeah no that's it but then you yeah, got on the other it. on the other side of it uh I needed my steers and uh, I was talking with my mechanic working in the shop there and he pointed me to a tire shop on the West end on 118th Ave. They're in with a truck dealer and uh, my tire guy for the uh, Yokohama steers is like 1320, something like that. Right. All in. Yeah. 
And then the West End was uh, $1,260 or $1,280 all in. But then he tried to sell me these Firestone FS 591s uh, for $1,230 all in. Called my tire, hung up with him, called my tire guy back. And I told him, you know, this is what this guy's trying to sell me. What do you think of the Firestones? And with very minimal hesitation, my tire guy turned around and said, I'll just sell you the Yokohamas for what he's going to sell your Firestones for. You've been coming here long <laughs> enough. I'm going to keep your business. Nice. So, like, why why is it to the point now that that is a rarity? That's just proper sales and business, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, with the, when there's a problem, like, all of a sudden people get scarce. And I... Like when I worked at the dealership, I'd see that too. You know, people would, um, you had a customer, they're having some issues. And I mean, there are bad customers, there's good customers. But I mean, when you've got someone who's good, they're buying trucks, they're doing whatever. And when they have an issue, all of a sudden you slough it off because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to deal with it, right? You don't want to have um, a, a, you know, I hate to use, use it because it's not politically correct, but, you know, you want to have a, a a man-to-man conversation, right? When it comes time to actually be the bearer of bad news, people don't want to. Yeah. Like I was, I was watching a, um, an episode of The Office yesterday. And like, I don't know how much The Office you watch, but like, I mean, like Steve Carell is an example, a perfect example in that of, of that person, right? Because they're trying to pick a healthcare plan and he's got to pick one that saves money for the company and he has to be the bearer of bad news. He doesn't want it. So he sloughs it off onto Dwight and Dwight's going to have to pick it. And of course, Dwight picks the cheapest right down to the bare bones thing. And Steve locks himself in the, uh, or Michael, whatever, <laughs> locks himself in the office uh, and says he, it says he's busy all day, puts his blinds up so that no one can come in so that he doesn't have to be the bad guy. And like, that is just so indicative of what people are like in a lot of ways, because they don't want to be that, and and it's not like you have to be the bad guy. Like, I mean, if you explain it, most people are uh, more than willing to work with you on it. But if you don't and you let it fester, it just gets worse. And then eventually they're like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this guy. Just like what you're saying. Like, you're not, you're not going to go buy your shit there. You can find there is there is other ones or, you know, um, eh, there, there will soon be more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will. I will go on record saying that I will never give them another penny. I went to yeah. Peterbilt and bought lights the other day versus going to them. <laughs> yeah. Which I, actually, I, I, surprisingly, Peterbilt beat their price uh, on my the lights for the inside of the air cans. Oh, really? Yeah, by 20 bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, per light you need two, right? So, mm-hmm. well, and you know, businesses too. You, you have to be. Um, you really have to think that there's a lot of competition now in that, like retail stuff, like for trucks or you know, um, service, anything like that. Like you run Saskatchewan and Alberta, so you've got a lot of freaking options throughout your week to, of places you could stop for parts. Um, for me, like in looking at like, I'm either looking at putting on a second truck or just replacing the truck I got. I really, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm kind of blowing the top off that secret, but I'm, I've been looking and building and going to build well, something different. We're going to be here for a couple <laughs> hours. So, I mean, I don't think we have much secrets by the end of this. <laughs> so, but uh I talk to, you know, I know a lot of salesmen I, and I've, and I talk to a lot of different places and some of it is about what people are willing to even put together for you. Like on specking a truck, like some places really they'll, they'll try like hell to talk you out of what you want. And it's almost like, um, I hate to say it, but sitting behind a desk, if, if I tell you that I've wanted this, unless you've got a really good reason and you can say, Hey, I've got a, I've got this customer has got six trucks and this is, or he's got 10 trucks or 20 or whatever. And these are the issues he's had with that spec. Then I can, then I'll take your advice. But when you just tell me, Oh no, 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 this is the best. This is, we went to Kenworth to this uh, thing and 
and and really this is what you want you don't want that or or you know even with wheelbase like trying to get somebody to build something i want 256 wheelbase my truck right now is a setback axle with a 250 which a lot of people would say well no no you can only have 244 well no i know the rules and i know what i want and i want a 256 wheelbase on a set on a long hood right because i want a little more i had uh four different people in alberta tell me that i couldn't do that they wouldn't bring it in unless i put like a massive deposit on it because no one would buy it and because it was not legal and i'm like well you know what that's too bad it's too bad you feel that way because i know what i want i know what people will buy and i'm gonna just go elsewhere so i went another province over um talked to and i'll love to say i've been talking with uh, charlie at inland kenworth and he's been great like just great to deal with what do you want to build? Oh, okay. Here, put together the specs, send it. We go back and forth. And see, and that's it's disappointing with. that you got that out of our local Kenworth dealership because dealing with spec in that tri drive, um, <laughs> I had I lucked out and I had a really good. Well, I didn't luck out. I I had a really good salesman, ex truck driver. You know, he was the heavy haul tri drive spec guy, right? Mm-hmm. But also knew a lot about the highway side of it too, right? So I, I got lucky there, but I, I did go through two before him. You know, and mm-hmm. as soon as they do exactly what you're saying, oh, well, I don't think you should do that. Well, uh, good for you. <laughs> not, <laughs> I'm not here to build a truck for you. <laughs> right? Yeah, and the other, the other thing I found is, um, and, and maybe in all fairness, I haven't... Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't make as many calls around here just from previous experience was that everything here was 10, 12 grand more. And yeah, and you're going down there line by line and I'm sorry, but, um, there was a time when, you know, here with the oil patch being as busy as what, what it was, those, those dealers would sell every, you know, every Kenworth that came in, like, you know, they could demand a premium because they were selling trucks anyway. But now, you know what? You kind of got to compete because, like, I'll, I'll definitely drive the extra thousand clicks for 10 grand. Like, if it's 500 bucks, yeah, I, that's not a big deal. But I mean, when you're talking pricing, uh, yeah, 10, 15 grand difference, absolutely. I'll drive to freaking Toronto for that. Well, not and that I would buy a truck in Toronto, but. And me personally, um, I'll go a long way for customer service too. I don't even give a shit about the price. It could be the same price. And I've got a guy in Saskatchewan that treats me better and I've got to ship it. I'll still use him. Yeah. Right? Like it doesn't bug me at all. Yeah. And that's, it's relationships, right? It's just like, yeah, the, you know, even, you know, certain things guys haul, um, you'll see, like I, I hear stuff where people say, well, you know, you can't, you can't haul this. There's no money in that or whatever. But if you provide good service, the, there are good customers who are willing to pay extra for that service. There's also customers who aren't. And then that's all right. Let the people who want to run for nothing have those customers that want to pay nothing. Yeah. But if, you know, like if you, it is, I, I do believe that if you deliver good service and you, and if they're a good customer to work for, you can, have a reasonable rate and it's i don't know i think it's the same thing oh 100 percent. i've had i've been on you know when i was a company driver uh but we it'd be very open that we got outbid by whoever right and then uh sure whatever that's fine and literally get a call from the same customer two three days later um we need a bed truck because that load you were supposed to haul in here didn't make it right or or oh we need to we need you guys to go reload this at the scale because they didn't bring enough wheels and then you know it all right well our price just went up the deal that you you were getting for being our repeat customer just went out the window because you're being dumb Mm -hmm. and then with now with grain hauling the way that we keep our rates and stuff good is we're just we all come from pretty much the same agricultural background and we're, we have all have common sense and we'll run a goon spoon, you know, it's yeah. so many guys will sit in their truck while 
the farmer sweeps out bin bottoms and stuff like that, and it's just not how we operate. But we'll pull in that yard all day long, and we're getting paid more than anybody else, right? Yeah, but it, it's like I said, it's a, it's because there's customer service, and for the most part, a guy does it with a smile, and and if there is an issue, you talk about it or you call ahead or you know like. I know even a few places since I've been uh, where I'm at, like I call ahead and, and they're like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, you're going to be here. Uh, I would like, they're not expecting it. Right. But I, yeah, always... I find that a lot too. I always call always. And they're, it surprises them every time. I don't get it. <laughs> and I just think it's common courtesy. Plus it gives you the, uh, you know, it gives you peace of mind kind of knowing, it, especially if you're going into someplace new, maybe there's a, you know, don't turn here. You got to go, you know, half a mile down the road to get into the right entrance. And especially if you're pulling a set of trains, that's, that's some pretty good info to know. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> Before you drive in someplace and then have to back out two and a half blocks or, or, you know, but yeah. But if you not, know how uh, to back up, that shouldn't be a problem. No, it shouldn't, but still not as much fun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've been, I've been lucky with that. It is, it is kind of like riding a bike. I, I, now I probably shouldn't have said that, but, um, the, my next backing up excursion probably won't go near as well as it has, but. <laughs> or worse, you'll yeah, put, no. put the pup in the ditch going forward. I don't know. I'm not going to, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm... not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, the worst thing I've had in my first uh, week back here is we don't we don't do it often. We don't haul coils often out of uh, um, out of Regina, but I did I did end up getting a load just before Christmas, and and it had to be tarped. And uh, yeah, when I'd rolled my tarp two days before that, my steel tarps I'd rolled them up uh, wet, and then it turned like minus twenty ish. And so, yeah, my 30, my 32 foot and 28 foot tarps to tarp just coils were like yeah. unrolling plywood and then trying to make them wrap around there. Oh my God. I was, I was cursing life. I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of wishing that I would have just deadheaded home. I think at the end of the day with all the time I spent on that load, I might've been further ahead. But... Oof. Yeah. That yeah. is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that is, um, that can be one of those commodities too that because everybody hauls it and there's not a lot coming out of there right so you know you're you're taking you're taking that load for you know just to add a little bit of revenue it's not a real big money maker when it's something like that so if it if it doesn't go smoothly you definitely are further ahead i think to drive right on by yeah and i've oh. i've run into that lots like i used to um grab loads from locally here to go down to feedlot like strathmore type country Mm -hmm. and then grab a load of fertilizer uh and go east but i it's not worth it it's really not because mm -hmm. especially on my side of it because now instead of loading your fertilizer tuesday morning you're at best loading it tuesday night tuesday afternoon mm -hmm. so yeah, i just skipped that altogether. And Carsland, like deadhead to Carsland is four hours, right? Mm. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. No, no, exactly. There's there's certain times where you, you know you hear you hear some people say, "Well, I want to have no empty miles." So there's times where it makes more sense when you just figure it out, figure out what your time is worth, and yeah, like I say on that load, I mean, it took me. Um, by the time I got my corners on and got everything on there and, and tarped and that, I mean, it, it legitimately was like, I was, I was four and a half hours loading. Jeez. And then, and then on the other end of it, I ended up being, you know, two ish hours unloading, which it shouldn't have been, but you know, like with the tarp. So that's six hours in and of itself. I'm not going to say what the rate was, but it was no scream in hell. So I, to me, if, if it would have been like an hour, throw the coils on, chain them down and go no tarping and then unload on the other end, half hour, totally worth it. But oh, well, is what it is. Yeah. There's one local farmer that we haul for and it's always a, a end of the day thing. 
we, we never go there <laughs> during the day. Very rarely. I shouldn't say never. Because he's got these, it's just old equipment. You know, last time I was there, I think I went through a half a bag of zip ties because I had to put his gas tank back on the auger and <laughs> make him a new throttle handle. And, oh, yeah, it's just one of those, right? But those are the ones that are frustrating at best, you know, like four hours to load to drive 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and yeah, I I we've all done the math in our head before where you're like, okay, yeah, if, uh okay, well it's this much distance. You look on the map and you go, "Oh, is that much revenue?" Yeah, sounds good. Like and and kind of sometimes not look at the rest of the you know, the things surrounding it, right? I I know even um even when I was at Bowline, I did that a few times too where it was like um they send me a, you know, send me a dispatch and I, my eyes open and I see the rate. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. And, and I'm looking at the distance and everything else, but I didn't look at what I had to load and then it, it had to be tarped and, and that it needed this and it needed that. And then that the next day I couldn't unload until like, so it was like, I thought I was like bing, bang, boom, going to get it done in one day. And it ends up taking two days. And then it's like, okay, well, I still made money, but it really wasn't the gravy that I thought it was going to be. And it's my fault because I didn't do the homework on it, right? Yeah, I ran into that a bit when I uh, started hauling grain, same thing. And then, you know, you show up and you load and then you look at your grid road map on what's not eight ton band and you what you thought was a 15 kilometer haul is a 50 kilometer haul. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay. So this <laughs> yeah that's it too this is just normal well, rate i'm uh, not you know i didn't you know, win the lottery today talk about heavy haul stuff and like how many people are especially how many people are trying to get into those kind of things yeah. now like you um, can haul a feller buncher on a step deck down highway too right <laughs> yeah the guys like sure. you know the same thing they they look at the rate and you or i give someone a rate because um like if we were still in it i'm saying but you know we give them a rate because we look at it and you go, okay, well, I know we can't go this way because of the height. And I know we can't go this way because of the road ban and whatever. So it is, it's a legitimately, it's a, it's a say a 12 hour trip and, and we need pilots and we need this and we need that. And then the guy that's just coming into it looks at the load and goes, oh, well, it's only this many ton and, and I can go right down this way and it's only going to take me six hours and. You know they they don't just they just don't look at the rest of it because they don't know our industry yeah one hundred percent yeah <laughs> yeah the uh, oh yeah like the the whole uh, the whole bidding thing and I know we've touched on it I don't know how many times but the like shipping wars is like the to me is the is is exactly what's wrong with the industry. Yeah, it, like and showing, and showing how excited those—I'll just say it—those idiots are to be like outbidding their friend. That'd be like me, you, and I sitting here yeah, and looking right? at something, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, Luke, you're gonna do it for five grand? <laughs> Try this, three grand, huh? I showed you." <laughs> like, the, I, I don't understand the mentality behind that at all. Like, it just—it makes zero sense to me. Or you pick up the phone. And call me and be like, hey, I'm looking for work. You can have this one, right? Yeah. Uh, but the next one, don't, you know, I'm going to take this one, right? Yeah, don't hold my feet to the fire on this. And Co-opetition. Yeah, That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more people stick together on stuff. And, and you know, it would hold the rates up. But, I mean... There's always going to be there's always going to be that cheap stuff that has to go that no one's going to pay any money for. So, I guess we do need those people. It's just we don't need those people driving down the rates where they should be high. And I guess, I guess you got to hold faith that the market will eventually put those guys out of business because of uh, huge fines and uh, broken equipment and uh, you know lost customers because they're not getting the job done. Yeah. Or shitty planning. Like, I, I know a couple outfits with e-logs coming down the pipe that I guys drive there. They're like, we have no idea what's going to happen when e-logs come. Mm-hmm. You know, guys going yeah. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Vancouver, 
Calgary, Edmonton. And we leave Monday morning and they're home like Thursday afternoon. Hmm. Yeah. As per dispatch. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I said, I'm kind of sour here lately. And that's probably another reason why, or a good reason why we haven't been podcasting. Cause. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just, yeah. You don't want to, a guy doesn't want it just to be a bunch of, uh, a bitch session. I mean, no, not at all. <laughs> but at the same time, what is reality most of the time here lately has been fucking bullshit. So why talk about it? <laughs> yeah, I was definitely before I changed my decals, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to to give a positive podcast. Like, and yeah, like I, I know I was on e-logs, but the just the for me running against that timeline was was the worst thing in the world because it was like you always you had to run when you didn't want to run and you always felt like you were under the gun like i mean there was times where like i know it did probably damage to my digestive tract just because i'm like well i can't stop i gotta make this truck stop by tonight and i know that's the only one i've you know between here and there or else i'm gonna be two hours behind when i start in the morning yeah, exactly. And I know. Yeah, and and because of those, like you know, you got if you lose two hours today and it's Monday, that all of a sudden by the time Friday rolls around is six hours, because you missed this one and then you missed that and then you hit lunch there and then you you know like it just it throws your schedule right out the window. Oh yeah, and, and I I can uh, truthfully say by the numbers that I've ran, I've missed an uh, an unload. Monday night by an hour and by Friday I'm out four to five thousand dollar gross revenue Mm -hmm. because it just fucking trickled just (laughs) trickles down right yep oh no totally I I uh I, I had some of the same ones happen where you missed you missed by a little bit and then you're stuck somewhere for the weekend and the load that you had booked for friday that you didn't get to load because you couldn't unload um all of a sudden well that load someone had to take it because it had to go so they got it on their deck friday and now i'm sitting somewhere monday and i i need to get somewhere for wednesday let's say so i take whatever i can get on monday which is yeah you know cheapo rate and then yeah wednesday maybe i missed something out like it just yeah like you say it's just a and that's also why I, I ended up probably staying out as long as I did a lot of times because I felt like when it was going good, you didn't want to upset that balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm in a rhythm. I don't want to fuck with it. Yeah, and so like I really want to get home, but do I want to book something? Because, man, if I screw with the rhythm and then I get out of it, well, what the hell? Like, yeah, that is exactly that's what, it. That's why I kind of like the knowing where I am and wh- where I'm going kind of every week. I, it doesn't, it varies a little bit, but not a lot. Well, and I noticed that a lot. Uh, I did the same thing when I was heavy hauling. Like I wouldn't want to, I'd spend a weekend in a hotel because I just felt like I was, you know, on my game. My shit was going good. I didn't want that distraction. Right. But yeah, uh, that, takes a toll after a while too like i did that for a year i was just fully immersed and uh yeah it was pretty wild i miss it but i but i enjoy having a life and seeing my house and stuff like that right oh yeah 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 and i'm not saying that i'd never go back to doing something like that but it'll be a long time coming i like yeah i kind of like this consistency for now See, and I think I uh, like part of me says, "Oh, I'd go back in a heartbeat," but then the other part of me <laughs> thinks about my last year of being an owner operator and doing this, and uh, I don't think my blood pressure, if you will, is raised half as much as it would in a whole year as it would in a week. There, yeah, there's something to be said for that. That's for sure. And I don't know. I've 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 written enough articles about health and trying to keep yourself 
in decent, you know, shape, well, mentally and physically in this industry. So, um, it's, and really, I mean, if you can do that, you're going to last a hell of a lot longer and not be bitter and, um, you know, having, you know, health problems in your forties, fifties, sixties. But yeah, like it's, if you can, if you can keep that, uh, the stress down to a minimum on it, I mean, that's really the biggest key. Well, and I think that like looking back, um, over my last year of, of being independent, if you will, even though I'm not, cause I am a lease operator, um, just the way, like my general attitude and the way I take stuff on has totally changed, you know, just mm-hmm. like. I don't want to say I don't give a fuck, but at the same time, it is what it is, whatever, you know, here we go. Like when my truck was in the shop for the rad there, I get a call about uh, my pre-coolers leaking. It's like, all right, that's 1600 bucks for a new one. Or, you know, we can look for a used one. And it's like, no, just put the new one on. It is what it is. Pay the bill. Here we go. Yeah. Look, Looking back, though, there's. I've come to a definite 2020 hindsight thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I would have done stuff differently four or five months ago, knowing, but you can't tell what's going to happen, right? No. Like if, and when I, we did a podcast when I popped my head gasket there, did we not? I believe so. Yeah. So, and that's what I'm talking about. If I knew what I'd be dealing what I'm dealing with now, then I would have done that repair completely differently. Mm. Uh, I would have taken the pistons out then shaved them down and done my single turbo conversion. Cause since I put that head gasket in, I've done a pre-cooler and last week, uh, my low speed turbo started pushing oil, found it mm. before it got too bad. Luckily, like it was found in the shop. It wasn't, I puked a bunch of oil out or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but now I got a mystery turbo on from the C can. So single turboing is in my future, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but to do that properly, you got to take your head off and do your liners because you're in there and you're pulling your pistons out because you got to shave them down or put different ones in because you're low on your compression and so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So now a year ago, I would have been stressed about this. Today, I, I don't really care. That turbo blows on Monday, yeah, it'll suck, but nothing I can do about it. Yeah. If it gets me a year, well, we're in in good shape. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I was thinking about that, talking about it with the wife the other day, just the way things have changed and the way a guy deals with what he's dealing with, right? Well, and, you know, when going from, like, you look at things differently, you look at numbers a lot more now, you look at, you know, like even you and I having our discussion the other day about like really when it comes down to it, we're pretty close, uh, you know, when you go to payment and, and like payment versus end payment. Of the and, year. Yeah. End, end of, of the, the year. year. Yeah. Your, yeah, your running. payment versus my payment and maintenance was pretty close. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and from year to year, there might be some discrepancy in it. Um, but there's, in that there's there's your choice too right like it's not uh it's not like there, there'll be people out there who'll disagree with both of us like there'll be people who tell me that i'm wrong and there'll be people who tell you you're wrong but there is no wrong or right to it it's a choice it's how you choose to run your and that's the that's the beauty of being in charge of your business and not just um driving for somebody else yeah exactly i mean i'll come out and say it would I have made more money driving a brand new truck this year? Yeah, I would have. Do I care? No. No, it's what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. And I can. <laughs> and, and it's like I can. I made the choice when I bought mine to go with an arrow, like an arrow truck, and not go. Like I mean, I'm obviously I, I'm I'm like you. I'm old school. I like the you know, 900 L's and 379 Pete's, uh, 49 EX's. Like I just, you say that, you know, you say (laughs) that, but yet if you look at what is in your parking spot right now, well, see, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. 
And uh, like I said, I made that decision and there's my hindsight. If I could go back, I, I don't know how much I would have given up in fuel. I, 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 cause I mean, you really can't say without having done it, but um, smiles per mile. I think I, 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 well, I know it would have been farther ahead. I wouldn't be sitting here looking at, at possibly getting something else if, if I was super happy with making that decision. Well, I'm interested to see here once we have a comparable month. And by comparable, I mean like you actually get a, a full month in. Um, <laughs> to see how our fuel numbers actually compare. Because mm-hmm. now, now we're both pulling Super Bs, right? I don't think, yeah. I, I still don't think that you run as maxed out as I do as often, but we'll see at the end of the month, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, I do know just from numbers I've seen, like, in, uh, like, with what we had uh, back in the day at Dad's place there, running the, like, twin turbo cats versus the, uh, like, versus the newer, like, the DDs and the, um, oh, the Volvos. Like, I kind of know where those numbers were. And they're off a little, but I mean, they're, you know, you get a, you get a couple, um, like you'll get a couple tenths of a mile to the gallon better, but also depending on how they're driven. Well, yeah. Like if, so... you've got, if you've got a guy that runs runs them at the right RPM and where they're comfortable and whatever, like that, that's what makes a difference, right? There's hearsay, but I hear of a guy that uh, is running an MXS block cat. Can't remember if it's twin or single. But this guy babies his truck. Like, doesn't even run the AC in the summer because he doesn't want any more load on the motor than he has to. 10 miles per gallon. Long hood, twin turbo cat. Allegedly. But I have heard this from two pretty good sources. If I could see the numbers, then I believe it. Yeah, they say 10, so I believe 7.5, 8, which still is nothing (laughs) to shake your head at with a cat, right? We had, uh, and I've got we a sheet a couple... right here that I just happen to have that one trip coming home from Moose Jaw to Edmonton last month. Uh, I was in a hurry and I got 4.3 loaded, and then the next week I wasn't in a hurry and I got 5.1. Same load, yep, right? And then there's wind, <laughs> yep, and then there's yeah. wind and other little. And that's why it's like month over month and what your, your running average is. And yeah, I, cause I just, I do mine on, uh, on fuel gauges. I have to, uh, I have to change it because it's got my like nine, 60 day and 90 day on there. And so, Oh, you're trusting the computer thing. I'm a jigger. Oh, oh I figure it back out too, but that oh, okay. I, I will, I will say though, that that's a, it is a reliable way because not on not doing it on my like not on my computer but fuel gauges like on uh kevin rutherford's website let's truck it's free you can go on there and just put your fuel so you put your fill up in your mileage and then it just tracks it for you oh it's super simple man and so it's so just it's, doing it's that. Not like it's not like this then <laughs> it it's doing that for you yes can you print it out so you don't what's that you can print it out yeah oh it does the mathematics well, you just saved me like four hours a month of paperwork. Yeah. So you just every like, so, and you can just do it on the app on your phone. And yeah. So when you, when you fuel up, go on there and I mean, then you can look at other people, what they're running and what they're doing. Right. Cause I remember when I, I did years ago, um, when I was hauling for accent, I remember, um, there was a little more of an online community or that I was involved in then. And people would chirp me because my, my numbers were so quote unquote bad. I'm like, well, I'm pulling 140,000 pounds. You guys are doing 80 if you're maxed. And... Right. And another good one is uh, when guys, you know, blow your numbers up, say, oh, well, I'm doing this. And then you ask them, well, is that US miles per gallon? They're like, oh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, you're getting the same as me then. It's just your number's bigger because your gallon's bigger. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, and, and there are also those guys. And if anybody ever tells you I'm getting about, 
you've heard that, right? Like, oh yeah, I get, I get a book six. So is yeah. it like so it's four. five, seven or yeah. Is it five, seven or is it six, four? Well, I don't know. It's about no, six. I, yeah. See, there's the bullshit meter in there. If somebody told me they're getting six with trains, I'm, okay. So you're getting four and a half, five. <laughs> it's like my numbers <laughs> with trains and a cat are pretty consistent from what everybody that I've talked to. Yeah, you're right around probably four and a half, five, depending on because, but also the thing with yours, you're pulling, like you're pulling grain trains, which are, you know, your, your aerodynamics are, they're terrible. There's no mm-hmm. two ways about it. And so I can tell you of trucks that get six miles a gallon pulling trains, but they're hauling chips and chip trucks. Like, so that's what I was going to say. Like we had those twin turbo cats and then we ended up with Volvos and, and like say some Detroits and then isx's and whatever else and and the majority of our trucks were you know in the in the five to six range and like the best the best guys we had were six but then they were doing 100 they were you know taking it easy all the time and but also those trucks are full fairings top to bottom um they got a gap between the truck and the trailer that's about a foot you know like there's no no nowhere for air to go there and then a chip train, well, the right behind the drives, it drops down to like six inches off the pavement and is that way all the way across the back. And then the gap between the trailers even is only, you know, two feet. So, I mean, it's about as aerodynamic as you can get with, you know, and, and also like even those guys run those goofy little fucking things on the bottom of their vans. Like that's not even as aerodynamic as a, as a train is because those chip trains, the belly runs right down on the ground. So the air can't even go underneath really. Yeah. And so when you look at that, well, yeah, there's, so there's some six mile to the gallon trucks hauling 140,000, but that's like, you know, that's not the, not the normal. There's lots of guys run uh, decks like what I run and they're getting four flat and think that they got the world by the ass, which is not true at all, but (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're froze up. I mean, I've lost you. Oh, now you're back. Oh, I heard. I heard you for a second. Yeah. Is it you or is it me? How about now? How about Uh, now? It seems to be an interweb thing. I'm just going to look at my interweb and see. Yours or mine? Uh, You should hit that save button before you leave. You've been listening to the Semi Crazy Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can find me on Instagram, Luke Dirk Phillips. And you can find me on Instagram, Semi Crazy Inc. And on Facebook, Semi Crazy Truck Pictures. Thanks for listening.